7.32. Now, the latest trade tension with Tokyo has exposed the Korean semiconductor industry's heavy dependence on intermediate materials made in Japan. That's why even amid the semiconductor boom last year, some sharp critics compared our semiconductor success to cormorant fishing. Uh, Korea, uh, this refers to, by the way, as the uh, fishing bird cormorant or um, perhaps we might say kamaoji um, in the Korean term. Uh, but Japan would be the fisherman in this analogy, benefiting from the bird or Korea's work. Still, where does the current situation leave that analogy? Let's dive in with Professor Young Jun Sok from the Department of Economics at the Catholic University of Korea. Good morning. Good morning. This heavy dependence on Japanese parts and materials. I didn't hear a lot of this mentioned at all before, I've got to say. Whatever these sharp critics were saying last year, um, it it was generally celebrated that that South Korea was doing very well in this area. Um, We recorded those 17.7 trillion won in deficit in materials and trade parts with Japan last year? Well, Korea has always been running a trade deficit with uh, Japan. And part of the problem is that Japan has slightly better technology than Korea. So Korea uh, imports parts, high-tech parts from Japan and incorporates it into its uh, exports and domestic products. Uh, This is somewhat similar to what China does with Korean parts. And Uh, even the United States. Right, even the United States. Now, things have gotten a bit more concentrated in the last 20 years or so because, well, part of globalization is... uh, putting things into global supply chains. And what that does is for each individual uh, component or uh, material that you need to produce uh, stuff, they seem to be concentrated in certain countries where they have a comparative advantage. As for example, uh, manufacturing assembly seems to be concentrating on China and perhaps Vietnam. Uh, memory semiconductors displays, they seem to be concentrated in Korea. And these type of high-tech chemicals, they seem to be concentrated on Japan. Now, there are several companies in Japan which makes uh, these chemicals, so we thought that it was a fairly competitive situation. The supply would not be cut off, uh, but I think no one really thought of a country cutting off the supply of these things, Uh, and uh, it's not only happened to Korea, but it's happening in the uh, U.S.-China trade war. Uh, It's happening elsewhere as well, Uh, so I think... Uh, these type of uh, uh, tr- strategic trade, let's say, uh, or uh, tr- uh, tra- uh, trade conflicts, uh, I think it's ca- catching everyone by surprise. How has Japan been able to gain such a big advantage, though, uh, considering it's not famous for its raw materials? Well, it's not famous for its raw materials, but they are very good at processing. Uh, there are several uh, small chemical uh, firms uh, which have 100-year history, and they seem to be very adept at making these type of chemicals which require a high level of technology. Uh, they also have the infrastructure. My understanding is that while some, some medium-sized com- uh, companies make these chemicals that are used by Korean firms, they in turn uh, get their 
raw or uh, intermediate materials from smaller firms in Japan. So they really have an infrastructure. They really have a system of making these chemicals uh, that other countries cannot really keep up with, at least not easily and not at this point in time. So that gives them a quality advantage as well as cost advantage. But for tech firms like Samsung Electronics and SK Hynix, can they not either look to develop the processing ability here, even if that takes a few years, or, or in the meantime, look elsewhere? Well, that's what we're hoping. But part of, the, uh, part of the reason that we become so dependent on Japan is, first of all, uh, we cannot match their quality and cost at this p- point in time. And we didn't think that uh, Japan as a country uh, would cut all the exports. There, we may have some problems with one or two companies, but we never expect the country to cut off all the uh, exports. So in that sense, Korean firms are caught uh, su- uh, by surprise. Uh, but also, one of the reasons that Korean firms were not able uh, to uh, go into these products was that Japan has such a cost and quality advantage that it wasn't really worth it for Korean firms to go in there. Uh, the uh, larger uh, companies like Samsung and Hynix just prefer to buy their chemicals uh, inexpensively uh, sourced from Japan. And another reason is that, uh, well, there has been some problems with chemical leakage in the last 10 years. So it's, uh, there has been some regulations as well as popular discontent on setting up uh, chemical uh, factories, especially uh, these, since these, some of these chemicals are poisonous, uh, setting these chemical factories in Korea. So uh, at least until Japan uh, put these restrictions or put this export control, it made sense to import them from Japan. The U.S.-China trade war was already making life hard for uh, semiconductor producers here in Korea. How much of a disaster is this added burden? Okay, well... Uh, if you uh, semiconductors took about twenty percent of Korean exports last year, so roughly that comes down to about nine percent of Korean GDP, and uh, we're not quite sure exactly how much. Uh, of semiconductor production would be affected if the uh, three chemicals are cut off. Now, there's also another wild card in this situation because technically, uh, Japan did not put an export ban. It put export control. That means uh, Korean firms has to file paperwork every time they want to import uh, these chemicals. And uh, at least according to reports, initial reports, uh, Korean companies had about one to three months inventory of these chemicals. And at least reportedly, if J- Japan acts promptly, it takes about 90 days to process th- uh, the paperwork for exporting these chemicals. So if Japan just put in the controls uh, required Korean firms to file more paperwork, and if the paperwork is filed uh, process promptly, then, well, the import costs for Korean companies may go, go up a little bit, but still, it should not impact too much on uh, actual production. So it depends, uh, what happens now basically depends on how promptly Japan processes the uh, paperwork for these chemicals. Now, uh, some of the initial reports in Korean and Japanese press said that uh, Japan was going to really cut down, really uh, put, uh, reduce exports using these controls. But now Japan is giving hints uh, to places like Financial Times that they're going to process these paperwork promptly. 
So that's a real big wild card. And depending on how much uh, Japan uses the export controls, the additional paperwork to cut down on exports of these chemicals, the uh, effect on Korea could be wildly different. Uh, but as I mentioned, Korean firms do have one to three months worth of inventory of these chemicals reportedly. So even if Japan cuts off the exports completely, it won't hit Korea until probably the fourth quarter. We know that South Korea has already um, lodged a complaint with the World Trade Organization, and uh, we, th- th- this requires evidence, doesn't it, that Japan is doing this for the wrong reasons. Uh, what's your personal feeling on that? Okay, well, uh, legally, you need a smoking gun at the very least. Right now, Japan does have an advantage in the WTO because WTO gives a very wide uh, exemption to national security. And Technically, uh, Japan is applying these uh, export controls uh, using uh, what's called the Vasanar arrangement. And what that is, is it controls substances, substances and uh, technology uh, which can be used to make weaponry uh, to, from going to terrorist countries. And uh, because uh, Japan has argued that Korea is not controlling these imports properly, that it's going to uh, North Korea or elsewhere, that, uh, could, and Korea's not tracking these uh, substances, uh, they, they are able to use the security exemption. And another problem is this is uh, adding controls, but not banning. Uh, WTO has definite rules against export quotas. It does not necessarily have rules against uh, putting more paperwork, especially if, uh, well, Japan only allows about 27 countries uh, on their expedited whitelist. Uh, they can have simplified export controls. And Korea is, in a sense, joining the other 170 countries of the WTO in filing this paperwork. So we, uh, right now, our case uh, saying that Japan is using discriminatory uh, import uh, restrictions is right now somewhat weak. On the other hand, if Japan does use these controls to stop exports, then we would have a stronger case. So it looks like if Japan wants to drag this out, it can pretty much drag this out indefinitely. Um, The GDP picture, according to Morgan Stanley, as we briefly mentioned before, is looking grim. It's lowered, in fact, South Korea's outlook for this year to 1.8%, now in that 1% range, and even lower for next year. Would you go along with that? Uh, I think 1.8%, is on the low side, but it's within the realm of possibility. Uh, The... uh, Korean government, before this uh, Japanese export control, uh, was estimating 24 to 2.5% growth. And last year, Korea had 2.7% growth, but that was coming uh, off of 1% growth during the first quarter. Now, this, this year, we're coming off of negative 0.4% growth in the first quarter. That means that for the second, third, and fourth quarters, if we want to meet the 2.4% target, we're going to have to do better than what we did last year. And that does not seem likely even before uh, these Japanese export controls. So uh, it's looking less likely. I'm not sure if it'll go below 2.0%, especially since uh, whatever effect that Japanese controls have will probably hit on the fourth quarter. Uh, But 
it's within the realm of possibility. Is there a possibility that South Korea can sign other trade deals with neighbors that might help boost other industries or mitigate the damage somewhat? Well, because uh, because semiconductors is such a big part of Korean exports, I'm not sure if signing additional trade deals uh, will really make up for it. Uh, exp- exports of semiconductors took place uh, took about 20% of total exports last year. Uh, some of the uh, FTAs that we're talking about with Malaysia and Philippines, well, Malaysia, it's only about 1.5% of total trade. Philippines, it's only about 2% of total trade. So uh, even if we do sign FTAs with them, uh, they'll m- perhaps help mitigate the effect a little bit. Uh, but uh, it won't really... Uh, help Korea uh, exports recover from shocks in the uh, semiconductors. On the other hand, who will gain from South Korea's losses? Uh, Right now, if any country could gain, it's probably going to be countries which produce semiconductors or uh, displays, uh, which are the uh, goods which are affected at the moment. So those countries are China, Taiwan, uh, perhaps India. Uh, But Uh, What we've seen in other trade wars, uh, U.S.-China, for example, is that the uh, companies cannot really alter their sources very quickly. So chances are uh, all the countries will take a hit uh, and very few countries will actually gain. Right. And and there's also that same issue, the reason why we're struggling to find alternatives for the materials, the the, the efficiency and quality that South Korea has been able to establish in displacing semiconductors. Right. Uh, So uh, what we're uh, estimating is that it won't only be Korea that will be hurt. It'll also hit back on Japan. It'll hit third countries like China and United States, uh, which is partially why we were going to WTO, even if we do have a weak case, because it's in those countries' interest that uh, the uh, Japanese export controls do not become an export ban. Professor Young, always good to have you here. Thank you. Thank you.